because if you look at that guy, the thing that you notice is that he has a monkey on his head. Is that a Mussolini joke? He wants her kingdom or he wants her booty. This is a standard nerds podcast. How'd you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and revisit the golden years of kids TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello Liz. Wiki wiki, what's up? <laughs> wiki wiki, what's up indeed. <laughs> That's how I'm introducing myself from now on. Okay. So you're going to have to get on board. <laughs> get on board. I am on board. Of course you are. So Liz, this week... It's my pick. Yeah, you know I loathe these weeks. <laughs> I know you do. Okay. We're going to do something special, though. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> we are going to do our first ever listener request. Oh, no! That's oh, right. I hate what listeners want to watch. I hate them! <laughs> no, not at all. Liz loves all our listeners. So, this week, someone has suggested a TV show that I think I watched. I can barely remember at all. Okay, right. Right. So, I think it's going to be good. I remember more a different version of the same story and character. So, we are going to be watching Earthworm Jim. Oh, what? Is that not a computer game? It is. It's also a cartoon series. Do you know what? I think I'll watch this. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'll watch this. He's an earthworm. Yes, he is. I remember that. Um, <laughs> in the title. Is he in space? He is in space, yeah. He has Yeah, yeah, he's a kind of astronauty. Yeah, he's in a spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I watched it. I know all about it. All right. Can't go tricking me, listeners. I know all about Earthworm Jim. It's fine. Okay. Okay. I actually don't remember anything about it, and I think I probably watched it. Was it ever on Cartoon Network? I think it probably was on Cartoon Network. Because there was a time when we got Cartoon Network, I watched the shit out of Cartoon Network. Like, I wouldn't turn over for anything. I think they switched the cartoons off at a certain time, and that was when I would stop watching. I watched everything on Cartoon Network. Okay, that was like two in the morning they switched the cartoons off on Cartoon Network. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I watched a lot of cartoons on that that I probably wouldn't have considered otherwise. I did exactly the same thing, though. First time, When we first got Sky and we had Cartoon Network, yeah. boom, straight on there. Yeah. I got introduced to so many things because of that. Things oh, I hadn't seen absolutely. before. And, like, loads of anime as well. Like, Dragon Ball Z, I, was, I first got introduced oh, no, no, no. to a friend and watched, like, the, the whole run of that on No, Cartoon I didn't Network. watch anything like that. No, I'm talking way older than that. I'm okay. talking, like, Johnny Bravo. Yeah. There was, a, like, a caveman. Captain Caveman? Captain Caveman. That's an old-school Hanna-Barbera, yeah. Old-school Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, yeah. Everything was old-school. I wouldn't have watched anime. As you know, I won't be paid to watch anime. <laughs> I have a lifetime ban on watching it. Listeners can look forward to when I pick some anime for me and Liz to watch no, in a no, future no, episode. No, no, no. Standard rules apply. As <laughs> as every time when you ask me what you I want to watch and I say I don't mind, standard rules apply. I don't mind, but not anime. <laughs> is what that actually means. It's true. I've been trying to get to you to watch Akira for like six years. I know. And Akira is like the closest you've come to saying, I will watch it. No. Watched some anime when we first went out, and that's, that's how I know that I despise it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There are too many characters, <laughs> like everything you like, and it confuses me and scares me. 
Well, I'm looking forward to this week. So what do you remember about Earthworm Jim? Earthworm Jim? No more than I do. I remember the video game a lot better than I remember the cartoon. Gotcha. But Jim, yes, was a regular Earthworm who was in a spacesuit that basically gave him like the powers to run around and fight and everything else. He had a ray gun and he had various sort of villainous characters that he had to defeat. Well, one I of them, mean, I could have guessed that. But one of them was called Evil the Cat. Uh, there was a professor, I think, who had an animal on his head. I can't remember it too well. Again, this is the thing, right? I think I watched a li- I, I'm sure I watched it because, like, again, from this request, I found some videos on YouTube. First, I had to check, basically, can I watch it? And I found some. Immediately, I'm like, oh, yeah, this does look familiar. And definitely play the video game. Wasn't very good at it. I wouldn't have played the video game because I didn't play any video games until we got a PlayStation 2. And even then, I basically stuck to... Sing Star and Crash Bandicoot. Those were my two games. That See, I, would I think you would have got on with. And Sing Star's not Gym. even really a game; it's just karaoke. Because it's a platformer, like no, Crash no, Bandicoot. No, that, no, no, I didn't like Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Played it, didn't like it. I don't like platformers because if it goes wrong, you have to go and do it again. Hate that. <laughs> don't like that. Don't like dying. Don't like it. There are a few. There are very few video games. That you've played and enjoyed. Impossibly few, yes. Tiny amount. And generally, what I've found is that there is a... a th- like, we got L.A. Noire. Yes. And you played L.A. Noire and you enjoyed L.A. Noire. Apart from bits where I had to drive or be shot at. See, you f- I find that interesting because you saying you didn't like the bits you had to drive. I remember once watching you drive for a good 45 minutes around L.A. for a case where... L.A. Noir, if you've not played it, basically it's a police thing. You, you play out various cases in the 50s, and at the end of each case, you get assessed on how well you solved it. Mm. And one of the things you get judged on is whether you killed any civilians, whether you found all the clues, and how much property damage you incurred. Now, generally, on a playthrough, if you drive through a couple of lampposts, you might rack up, say, $100 in damages. In one case, where Liz didn't have to do that much driving, she racked up nearly $100,000 worth of damage. <laughs> Yeah, and it was really messing with my stats, man. I wasn't happy with that at all. Because I'm that person that if you give them a controller to a console, I will be running up against a wall for 20 minutes, half an hour. I genuinely won't know what to do. I'm absolutely that person. I cannot deal with anything with driving, steering, walking... I can't deal with anything where I'm going to be shot at or die. I don't like the pressure. I genuinely, my ideal video game is is like a crossword, but electronic. <laughs> I like I like something where I, there's a puzzle element to it, but I have all of the time in the world to solve it, and I won't encounter any negatives if I don't or something goes wrong. That's my ideal game. I find Tetris a bit pacey. <laughs> This is this is great. <laughs> Do you find it's, it's a pacey at the start, or when it advances no, levels, no, yeah. it starts moving quicker? Yeah, yeah. There's a point in which it's just too quick, and I'm, I'm like, no, I'm scared, and I'm afraid, and I don't want it. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, yeah, because I know that something bad's gonna happen. I'm gonna die. <laughs> Who would want to die repeatedly? You're not gonna die. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I don't like to lose. You know that. I know you don't like to lose, but the worst thing that happens in Tetris if you lose. Is the screen fills up and you get the sound. Devastating.
devastating, absolutely heart-wrenching. You've worked and you've worked to clear those lines and then and it's all gone. Absolutely absolutely devastating we should go through some of the classic video game game over things and see your reaction what about pac-man I, when the ghosts all start coming out i find that it's like a cheat i don't like that they shouldn't be allowed <laughs> it's like a cheat so your ideal pac-man be pac-man with no ghosts so you just go around the maze collecting all the yeah, stuff yeah that would be lovely <laughs> be lovely i'd like that oh we could have an entire spin-off podcast where you try and make me play games and i i die immediately and get upset i think that's great look out for that coming to twitch (laughs) we're gonna have our twitch stream of liz panics at gaming oh god i do i panic i flap and i don't like to be put in that position in life where i know how to walk i'm good under pressure okay right i don't have to figure out any controls for walking that stuff was all done before I was conscious of it. Okay? You know I can't drive. This is why I can't drive. I panic. I don't understand the controls. I think the solution is that you just need more practice. Both at driving. At gaming. Oh, and games, right. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I think I'm good with the not getting into gaming now. Okay. I genuinely, I used to watch people play video games and find that more enjoyable than being under that pressure myself. Mm. There's something, again, going back to my youth, of actually being a group of friends crowded around the snares trying to finish Link's Awakening or Link to the Past in one go because the snares can't save... Like and reset. Really? I never even had this. Oh no no no! This That's, normally no. normally the snares can. This is a copy of a game that had a bug in it. Right. So basically, whenever you turn the snares off and turn it back on, you'd lose your save game. So I remember we basically tried to finish a Link to the Past in one day, and we got right the way through to the like chamber before the final boss, and then we had to go down and, and have tea. So some so we hit save, and then third friend who shall remain nameless, whose snares it wasn't and wasn't me. Turned it off <gasps> after we saved it. I'm like, no! And we lost the entire day's progress. Did you cut him out of your life after Not that? then, but. Not then, not but then. Now. But, like, I didn't actively cut him out. Like, it's just, yeah, we grew apart. Like, he's gone now. <laughs> he's gone now. No, I. The, the pressure of that, of trying to make it through and spending a whole day, would have broken me. <laughs> Can't cope. I'm still afraid, I'm still traumatised after my sister played one of the Harry Potter games on PS2 and there were these things in a library that they used to like cast a spell on you and it would vibrate the controller mm. and in a very particular way, like you, this spell did it, it a sort of low pulse vibrate right. and my sister passed me the controls because she was having trouble with it she couldn't get it done so she, I'm older yeah. so she was like you know obviously you'll be better it wasn't uh, I'm still traumatised I still think about that all the time every time somebody's playing a computer game I still think about feeling those low, low pulses as their spells come and kill me oh I, my god I genuinely feel that fear there are various games that you should never play that, I, that I, I'm going to make you play on camera. No games, okay? I can't play games. You remember somebody passing me the controls for Call of Duty when we lived at that kind of frat house? <laughs> yes. Okay, you remember that? They they passed me the controller. and You freaked out. I just ran into a rock, just repeatedly. Because once you're on the rock and you're panicking, you can't get off the rock. 
but definitely we're going to do a, a gaming thing. I just... I, when you say Twitch, I don't know what that means, but I assume you, you want people to watch me. Yeah. And that isn't a good idea. Yeah, I think it is. But not for, not for my mental health. <laughs> no, that's, that's, In order to that's make the one thing that's giving me pause. dicks on the internet laugh, maybe. <laughs> but not for me. There's nothing good in it for me. You have to make it pay-per-view. Yeah. Actually, no, it's like you're pimping me out. <laughs> oh, we're not doing that, then. Make freaks on the internet pay to watch your wife. <laughs> oh, God, when you when put it d- like that. When did you think our relationship would reach that stage? <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't think it ever would. <laughs> I knew it would one day. <laughs> oh, Anyway. I don't even remember what we're going to watch. Earthworm Jim. <laughs> Earthworm Jim, me old right, mate, yes. me old mucker. We're going to go and watch some Earthworm Jim and we will report back. Duncan, I'm blind. And we're back. So, Liz, Earthworm Jim, our first listener request. Yes. We what? won't be taking any more. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like that. No, I don't mean it. I've actually, for the first time, I'm really conflicted because I thought that this was really good in some ways. It's got a lot going on. But by the same token, I'm like, this feels like it's just not for me. There is so much going on in this. It's frenetic. Oh my god, you compare this to some of the other cartoon series we've watched. Yeah. That and it at times they feel like they drag. Like Animals of Farthing Woods uh, had moments where it's quite sedate and quite pace, you know. Yeah. And and even Boddington Peas, you know, it's five minutes, still doesn't still feels like overly long in places. This had so much packed into it. I know. I felt like I'd been rolling down a hill trying to look at where I was and catching glimpses of things but not really being able to work out what was going on. I mean, it doesn't help that it kind of... It follows that old kind of Dick Tracy-style format where it starts off as they're already in peril before you even get to the opening credits. Which, okay, when you're used to that format, it's fine. You and I came to this cold, so I put on Series 1, Episode 1... And assumed we'd already missed a couple of minutes off the start of this. I thought that you'd mistakenly put on a video, which was like a clip video of like their greatest moments. Because it seemed like everything was action. Everything was just going hell for leather. So yeah, it does that. It's riffing on that thing of the Dick Tracy. And now our heroes, we join them back again. They're in mortal peril. And Could this be the end of Earthworm Jim? Yes, it does that all the time. Which it, I really like. That's a great little conceit. Yeah, but it does it like at the beginning, at the end, at about four times in the middle. And I was spinning with how much <laughs> was going on. So it was crazy. It was really, it was, it was all over the place in a good way, I think, for kids. But for me, as an adult who likes Rosie and Jim... <laughs> It was so much. It was so much. <laughs> you just wanted more canal boats, less crazy lasers. Well, I I don't know what I wanted less of because it was really funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is an this is an incredibly funny show. But it's hitting you. Joke, 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 joke. You haven't got time to digest them. You haven't always got time to even catch up with why that's a joke sometimes. No. Um, sometimes it's just a silly voice and a sound effect. I mean, yeah, there's stuff in there that suddenly it, it kind of. As you're watching, it's like 
you're watching a, a train go past at high speed, yes. and in one of the windows there's someone mooning, yeah. and like it's only you see it as it goes past, but it's only like a second later. Wait, what was that? And it's gone. It's five miles down the road. Mm. That's yeah. kind of how this show feels. So let's just let's not um, conduct our podcast in the same way. So let's just go back a step. All right. Okay. So we watched the first episode from the first series. And as we said, we dropped right into the action. And then uh, Jim, he breaks the fourth wall and um, is like, can we cut to the title sequence now? <laughs> Which I thought was very, very funny. And I was like, right, okay, I think I'm going to like this. I think yeah. I'm going to like it. And the title sequence, I think, is great. Oh, yeah, it's a great title sequence. It's a great theme tune. Great theme tune, yeah. Earth from Jim. Again, so much going on in that title sequence uh, that I haven't, I didn't get the lyrics down. Nope. And there were things going on there. I was like, is that important? Because it's telling you the story. It's saying this super suit drops out of nowhere onto an earthworm. And that's how he becomes Earthworm Jim. Yeah. So it's that's giving you the story. But at the same time, I was like, is it important that he's now, you know, being attacked by a crow? Is it important that he's now got a woman's beehive haircut? Which of these parts should I be taking in? <laughs> I think you should look at it in the same way that, you know, the A-Team and Airwolf and all those kind of shows from the 80s where mm. the title sequence is just full of explosions and, like, chases and people standing around laughing over a table, all that kind of stuff that never appears in the show. In yes. all the episodes you watch, it's never happened. Yeah, It's that kind of thing. It's just, like, just images just to give you a sense of, right, this is wacky, this is zany. He could turn into a snail. He could have a beehive hairdo. I think that's absolutely right. I think don't question it. Just take in all of that. (laughs) Don't question anything. Um, Yeah, so before the title sequence, we meet Professor Monkey for a Head. Professor Monkey for a Head, yeah. Which I I think is a great kind of simple to remember name. (laughs) Because if you look at that guy, the thing that you notice is that he has a monkey on his head. Yeah. So it isn't even really Professor Monkey forehead. It's like Professor Monkey upside down joined at the head. Well, that's the thing. If the monkey's standing up, then it's Monkey with a Professor for a head. Yes, but the monkey never does stand up. No, he does talk though. He he is capable of independent. He has an independent mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and and his own thoughts. Possibly independent thoughts. Oh no, he definitely does. Again, don't delve too much into that. (laughs) There's a lot of questions there. The villains are great. The villains are great. But there's like ten. In this first episode, <laughs> yeah, there's so, a lot. There's a lot of characters. I think, you know, yeah, and you know me. I don't like a lot of characters. <laughs> you know me. I do, but I struggle to keep track. So we had Professor Monkey for head, and then there's this queen. Slug for a butt. Yeah, I think generally she's just known as Queen Slug for a butt. Okay, fine, because I could not get all of that down. No, no, it's almost like this was designed not to take notes to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Crazy, isn't it? That is. So weird. <laughs> but then also in this episode, you know, he's also he's swallowed by a kind of alligator in drag. Yeah, mutant drag alligator mutant drag ligator. Yes. That happens. Yes. Um there are some like gold coloured monsters that come out of a swamp, like swamp monsters. Yeah, I think they're more alligator swamp monster things. Um, Do we also meet Psycro? Yes, Psycro is in this one. Right. And we meet prin- um, Princess What's-Her-Name. Princess What's-Her-Name's not a villain, right? No. No. Okay. Psycho. Sorry, yes. It's just on the villains. Just on the villains. I need to talk to you about Psycho. Okay. Because Psycho 
is introduced in this episode, but then in the next one that we watched, you see Psycho written down, and Crow is spelt C-R-O-W, which I hadn't initially figured out. So Psycho's a crow. Yes. It's based on a crow. Yeah, it's a crow in a spacesuit, but it doesn't that. have a beak. It's not. It's got like the black crow head is shaped into a hooked beak-like shape. Yeah, and the eyes are kind of that. Whenever you see a cartoon crow, yeah, the eyes are that kind of shape. I did not get that. That was a crow in okay. this first episode. Did <laughs> okay. not get that. Did not look feathery or birdy to me. Well, the only it's very fat on the ass for a bird. It is. The only thing I think that gives it away is being bird-like. Well, it's called Crow, well, so I know, that. I know I should have picked up on it, but I was just imagining it was spelt C-R-O, and I was like, it probably stands for something, like Slug for a Button, all her acronyms, yeah. you know, probably. It, although they never make that into an acronym. Psycho, psycho robot, psycho. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. But, but no, I think when he... But no, one it's point... a crow. <laughs> so then I wanted to know if it was the crow from the opening sequence, or if it's an unrelated crow. Oh, that's a good question. I think it's an unrelated crow. I think that's just a coincidental crow in the... Would would I be more on board with all of this knowledge if I'd played the game? I think you would. Right, because... I think you're lying. Okay. (laughs) I think you would. Right, this is... Is looking this up. This is basically... The idea behind Earthworm Jim was to start a franchise. Yeah, but rather, but, but rather than starting with a TV show and having all the spin-off stuff, like a video game, they started with a video game, and the TV show span off that. Yeah. So they actually... And they've made, like, Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim 2, and then they make the TV series. But because they didn't have any sort of source material to work from, the people creating the game just went, fuck it, let's do everything we've ever wanted to do, which is why none of it makes any sense. Well, I think that's fantastic. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't get that it was a crow. Yeah. So, um, okay, so not only do we meet all those villains, but yeah, then there's like Earthworm Jim's gang. So he's trying to re- rescue Princess What's Her Name. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take out a minute for Princess What's Her Name because you know exactly what I'm going to say, don't you? Say it. Right, Princess What's Her Name is hot. <laughs> yes. She's super freaking hot, man. She is hot. I, right, honestly. Why have I never seen her before? I should have seen a cosplay or something of that because when I saw her, I was like, I want to get, I want to get thin and start doing cosplay just so I can wear this outfit. She is so freaking hot <laughs> with the massive red hair and the. Uh, honestly, this is guys. This is like my ideal look. She's got unobtainable volume in this red, gorgeous hair. My favourite colours are yellow and black. She's got a kind of bee outfit. She's kicking ass and taking names. She's a um, she's she's uh, a curvy. She's thick. That's what like kids call it now. <laughs> thick. She's thick. She got curves. She's got curves in all the right places. She's got curves and swerves. She's got like she she's fucking hot man. You know I love a redhead. <laughs> I do. She if she, she's hot man. Yeah, she is. I'm not. Wow. No argument. No argument. Yeah. I th- I thought the girl in mask was a bit of all right, but this. <laughs> This is like my horniest character that we've that we've stumbled across. Okay, okay. This is my favourite. Wow! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh dear. But I love as well the fact that they 
she's called Princess What's Her Name because it's like, you know, there's always a princess something to save. Yeah. And in the first episode, he goes and he saves 18 different princesses because yeah. there's always a princess needing saving. It's always in the most dangerous bit. There's of a room else. full of ugly princesses. <laughs> no, oh, no, not these bitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's in it. Then also in his gang, he's got a sidekick yes. called Peter. Peter Puppy. Peter Puppy. Okay. So Peter Puppy is a dog who has a like a Hulk thing. Yeah, he, he wears an open shirt. When he gets angry, yep. he goes all big. And and instead purple. of going green, he goes purple and um or grey or red or whatever, he goes purple. And he also like straight away, as soon as he's big, tries to eat Earthworm Jim every single time. Yeah. Why? Okay. Again, this 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 is a point where if you play the video game, there's a whole level where you have to get... Well, your Pe- sidekick just turns on you. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> you have to get Peter Puppy across this landscape without him getting hurt. Whenever he gets hurt, he transforms and he attacks you. That is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I've never seen a game like that. It's great. You know I avoid games. I know you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so... I, I think that's a drawback for a sidekick if they immediately turn on you. And Earthworm Jim in this episode thinks the same and tries on some new, some other sidekicks. He goes to like the superhero store. Yeah. Which, which is, is a great little concept. That was a pretty cool little bit. <laughs> and yeah, the, the sidekicks he tries out. I mean, I wrote these down. I tried to get them all. Yeah. So he starts off with Hooping Cough Boy. Yes. Which is like an old man and think who can produce gale force coughs. <laughs> he is. He's a little old guy. <laughs> it's, it's great, stupid. Then he's not convinced about that. So there's Mr. Forehead Vein. Yes. Whose forehead vein has like arms and can. The veins actually come out into arms that look like they could grip you. Yeah. I was looking forward to seeing that guy in action. I thought he would do well. Yeah, I thought so. And then you get the third one. And this one just confused me. Yeah. This is Xantor, Master of the Flying Toupee. Yeah, and he had a very, very particular voice, he, which he... made me think he's an impression of someone. Who we don't know. Yeah, he looked, to me, he reminded me a lot of the wimpy guy from uh, Popeye. I initially thought it was Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) So, if if you can't remember this exact character, between those two images, uh, I don't know if that helps the people out there to (laughs) get what this guy looks like. Can you imagine, like, a three-way tie between the wimpy guy from Popeye, Hitler, and Oliver Hardy? What then, do you mean, the wimpy guy from Popeye? You know, there's that guy in, in Popeye. I think he's called Wimpy, and he's always eating burgers. And he talks like this. Like... Oh, I don't know that guy. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, well, I'll show you that guy. When you said wimpy guy, I think I was imagining... Like a weedy kind of... No, I was imagining the burger chain wimpy. Yeah, well, I... see, for me, I think... I've always... Growing up, I always thought that the two were connected, but... I'm not sure they are. I think it might be accidental. But then why would you call your burger chain Wimpy? That's just not a good name for I, them. I've honestly never like, thought about that before. Burger King, right? Why would you call it Little Chef? Why not Big Chef? Well, because, like, Little Chef, they at least didn't think of, like, it's for kids. You know, and it's, like, kids for kid-friendly meals, but, like, high-quality meals, that kind of thing. Except they weren't, though, shit. But, but yeah, that's a fair point. Little Why Little Chef? You should be Massive Chef. Burger Emperor. Hey, what do you? Hey, what do you kids feel like? Do you want McDonald's, Burger King, or do you want tremendous chef? <laughs> right? How are you getting it? I'd like to go for some almighty pizza. <laughs> Come along to Giant Chef. <laughs> right. Anyway, 
Um, but it, he finally settles on not the shadow, but a shadow. <laughs> the guy goes, well, I'm, I'm not the shadow, I'm a shadow. And his superpower is that he can produce excellent shadow puppets on like a wall. Which is not a superpower. No. And they did do a great little scene where um, you almost think that it's going to distract the baddies and actually work for a second. And then they just smite him against a... Through, they, they through like him. five trees. They yeet him. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say now, the kids. <laughs> the kids say yeet. The, the kids are saying yeet, Will. I just, you know I spend a lot of time on the internet. The kids are saying yeet. Down at, down at their massive chefs. <laughs> saying yeet. <laughs> Eat and yeet <laughs> at the massive chef. That's, Yo. That's their slogan. Yo diggity. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know how to be down with the kids. <laughs> well, you're selling it excellent. You know when I like learn knowledge that kids say things, I never get rid of that. So I'm just <laughs> messing my eighties, nineties, noughties, tens, whatever we're in, all into one, See, all into one big mess. <laughs> one of these days you'll be out and about and you'll be confronted by a group of youths and just go past and go, "What up, dogs? Mega." <laughs> I have yeet. I have never been down with the kids, even when I was a kid. No. I was I was the oldest nine-year-old ever. <laughs> well, what's the story you were talking about your mum? You, you and your mum were out on drive somewhere and, and you you asked your mum for an explanation or something. Oh, I wasn't nine then. I was no. three. Okay, yeah, three. Okay, when I was coming home from nursery, I asked my mother what lawyers did. And my mum struggled around trying to put it in kid terms, saying, oh, if you had a dispute and you had to go to a uh, a court where a, there was a judge and they were decided on the dispute, then the lawyer would go with you and said all this stuff and did a really long and tried her best. And I just said to her, oh, I thought they dealt with legal matters. <laughs> three years old. <laughs> One-upmanship is a lifestyle choice for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started early. This is why you will not win an argument with me, Will. No, never. And I've learned. I've learned the hard way. <laughs> it's a very hard way. Um, so, yeah, after we've had the shadow and a shadow knocked out, there's another couple of psychics. He tries out whoopee cushion man. It, are, you, are you ill? Yeah, yeah, there's more. I, d- I missed that one. Okay, he was literally there for like five seconds. Tops. I missed that one totally. So basically, he was like, so many characters. He's exploring another uh, world, and I literally I was writing a note, looked up, and suddenly there was a character in a suit tumbling over, making fart noises. I think I was thinking about Princess What's Her Name. Might <laughs> well have been. And the voiceover just says, "Ah, oh, yes, he tried with Ca- <laughs> Whoopi Cushion Man or Earthworm Jim, my shirt, Whoopi Cushion Man." And then the next one he tries is Captain Cabbage. And it's there they went to the planet of the giant hammers, but you see nothing else of Captain Cabbage because it's clearly like, right, we're pressed for time. Let's just move on quickly. We've got a lot to pack in and a very short amount of time to do it in. This show was only 20 minutes. And yeah. I feel like I missed this whole bit. I, I Honestly. Again, this is one of the things. It, it, this didn't need to be a 20 minute show. This could have been a half hour show quite easily. Yeah. And you don't need to take stuff out. You don't need to slow things down. You can even add in a few more bits and pieces. But just give us like a second more or something somewhere. Honestly, some of these lines are so great. You kind of want a t- uh, like a second to just digest them. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, a bit where the narrator goes... Will Jim be eaten by the terrifying dastardly alligator? And then it just goes, 
Munch. Well, that answers that. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. But you like bang into that, then into the next thing. Yeah. There's like, there's little quips all over the place. That you know everything they say essentially, and this is a joke. Yeah. Oh, there are absolutely. No, there are no filler lines. There's no like straight man. It's just joke after joke. Yeah, joke after joke after joke after joke. There's like there's even they even put an interlude in. Right. I have to ask you about this. Okay. Because I didn't know what was happening. Right. Again, might have been thinking about something else. But there's a character. It's some sort of animal. And it keeps saying a minor setback. Yes, that's Evil the Cat. Who the fuck is Evil the Cat? Right, Evil the Cat, it's kind of, think of like Evil the Cat as being quite similar to Brain from Pinky and the Brain, but much more psychotic. I get that in personality. What I actually meant was who is he to anyone else in the show? Okay, he's a villain. He is another villain who squares off against Jim. But okay. what they what they did with the show was they always had these little interludes and they almost never related to the main story. Yeah. So normally, if it's like if it features Psycho, Psycho's not in the main episode. Right. Okay. Okay. I accept that because in this part, he's not interacting with Jim. He's interacting with like a little kid. Yeah. There's a little cute kid, like drawn like those old fashioned, like the copper tone baby, that kind of thing. Yeah, cutesy pie uh, children, and yeah, the kid is just la 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 going out to the dustbin and puts a uh, something in the dustbin and manages to deflect an acid verbal back at the cat and he goes a minor setback or whatever voice he does i've already forgotten because so much (laughs) happens and it goes on like that for like a few scenes it was really really funny but it could have been like its own cartoon you know there's so much my mind is blown (laughs) and this is like halfway through the first episode yeah yeah that's as far as we've got so we've had like 10 minutes and so much has happened. Yes. I already feel behind. <laughs> I don't know who anyone is. Or really what's happening. But I, th- I think the gist of the episode is he's just looking for Princess What's-Her-Name. Yeah, it's like the set, it's like the, the plot of Mario. Oh, don't. I'm sorry, Mario, your princess is in another castle. Please don't throw video game references <laughs> out to me because I don't understand. Okay. Well, this Although be I do know one. there's a princess in that. Yes. Yes, there is, famously. Is Mario horny for Princess Peach? Is that Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. That's that's Why, the general premise. Who, who keeps taking her? Bowser. Bowser? Bowser. The, the like dinosaur dude. Yeah. Is he horny for her? Pr- yeah, I think so. I mean maybe, Why does he but... take her? Is it a power kind of struggle? He wants her kingdom or he wants her booty? I, I don't know. Maybe both. You've never asked this question? No, I never have. I never got this deep into the motivations of a giant fire-breathing dinosaur. What I want to know is how deep did Bowser get? Oh! That's definitely being edited out. (laughs) I... I feel like we come at video games from very different places. (laughs) I think we do. (laughs) There is something in that because, like... (laughs) We have played video games together, and it will be a case of like, unfortunately, okay, right, you know, you need to take go there and do that and step on that switch and do that thing, and I'll be like, okay, we we'll go there, do that, step on the switch, do the thing, and you'll go, but why? Of course, why do I need to do that? Of course, you have to ask questions. <laughs> but when it's something like a fairly linear video game, the reason because that moves the game on never seems to satisfy you. No, that, that's not a satisfactory answer. <laughs> I need plot, bitch. <laughs> Is plot. No, 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 no. And like, if you can pick something up, but yet yeah, it does nothing, that will just 
that will annoy me. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I'll games... be asking Fraser. Well, if I, why can I pick it up if it doesn't do anything? <laughs> if it doesn't advance the plot in any way, why can I pick it up? Yet there'll be something else that I can't pick up. <laughs> That's not fun. I need to know. I need to know. So he's looking for her. He finds other princesses. He looks through the big book of evil places. Evil places. And he says, ah, yes, it must be the boulevard of acute discomfort. <laughs> Again, these are jokes that are another show would spend a while setting up. And this is just... Yeah. This is shotgun comedy. This yeah. is fire everything at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah, absolutely. There's a great little line before that. He says when he bursts into one of these rooms. Yeah. And he just yells, evildoers, prepare to be horribly mutilated. <laughs> Which I just love as a line. <laughs> of course you do, because you're horrible. <laughs> uh, also... After Whoopi Cushion Boy and the Cabbage Patch Kid or whatever, there there are more sidekicks because there's Turns His Eyelids Inside Out Boy. Oh, yeah. Which your face is telling me that this, you, you like I, feel this could be a successful superhero strategy because turning your eyelids inside out is disgusting. (laughs) There was always a kid at school, a couple of kids at school could do it. Freaks. That's strong. That's strong. They're usually just like the creepy boys. They'd have like an interest in something like bugs or scabs. Do you remember when there was always a kid who was really into scabs? They'd like collect their scabs. Yeah, that was really creepy. Oh my God. Things you have to put up with when you're in school. (laughs) School is the worst time of your life. I honestly believe that. (laughs) I honestly believe... You have to put up with things that you don't have to put up with ever. Unless you... I don't know, if you go to prison. Um, (laughs) I'm getting wildly (laughs) off track. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think the thing is, like, <laughs> I see what you're saying there, right? School is prison for kids. <laughs> when you go to school, right, you're stuck in a room with, like, 30 other people. These days, yeah. like, 40 other people for an entire day. The yeah. only time that happens to me now when I'm stuck for an entire day in a room full of those people is when I'm working in an open office. But no one is obsessing over their scabs in an open office. No, no, you have, like, decorum when you're an adult. Yeah. But it's not well, just a day, is it? It's, like, five or six years because... When you're a kid, I mean, if you went to the sort of size of school that I did, you don't get away from those people the following year. They're usually still around. Mm. And you don't get any choice. No. And that's the problem. If you get, you can you can meet amazing people. You can make make friends for life and everything else. And you can also be stuck next to some right freaky bastards. You made friends for life. I just jettisoned all of that. shit i didn't need none of them awful people i went to school with they're all gone now don't worry more concerned with matters like the legal system yes yeah yeah actually maybe they just some me oh come, no come to think of it you're a level above i always was and i still am and it's a curse that i bear anyway. but they rescue princess what's her name which i was very glad about because it meant she was in the episode more yes and uh a moment that i'd completely forgotten from uh, from this, and I think it was a thing that I did know about. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, the very end of the episode, someone gets crushed with a cow. The cow thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that happened every episode. Now, when that happened at the end of this episode, because mm-hmm. th- I knew this was the first one, even though I didn't believe it, I thought, that's totally in keeping with the, the, the pace and the mood and the randomness of this episode. That's totally in keeping. Yeah. When it happened in the next episode, and then I noticed that the next episode you'd played me was season two, episode four, I was thinking, that's 
gotta get old. Maybe as a kid, I would have accepted that. There's a kind of there's a kind of comfort in things having a formula. Yeah. You know, and you knowing what to expect absolutely. when you're a kid. Absolutely. But as an adult, I'm thinking, how do they end every episode with a cow falling out of the sky? And have that not get so old. Well, I think they try and play around with the format a bit because the second episode yeah, we yeah, watched. Yeah, I get that. But there's only so many ways a cow can fall out of the sky. <laughs> true. That is true. It's why Del Boy only fell through a bar once. Yes. But that, that again, is, is a callback to the video game, though, because that is one where in the first level of Earthworm Jim, you launch a cow into the air and then you beat the whole game and you save the princess and then she gets crushed by a cow. Amazing. That's so. That's and which is a great thing to chuck in. You know, that's very funny. You launch the cow at, like first level. You forget about it by the end of it. Boom, lands back on you. So yeah, that was a great bit from the video game. I I do want to go into the second episode because at this point I'm starting to stop spot stuff that uh, are um, catchphrases. So you've got eat dirt, which is a great catchphrase for an earthworm. It is absolutely. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's like what that. you got to go with. And uh, Garuvi, which to me seems like a very nineties. Oh, yeah. Well, he says it at the end of the title sequence, doesn't he? Earthworm Jim does. Yeah. And he says it in a way that's part Austin Powers, part Jim Carrey. Yeah. So it's, it's very, yeah, on trend. It is. I mean, this is 95, 96. Is it really? Yes. I could have even believed that this was later because I think it's very much moving towards the sort of cartoons that we get later on that I didn't like. You know, I fell out of love with the cartoons that were real gross Yeah, like, like the Ren and Stimpy and Ren Cat and Dog. Stimpy, and... Cat Dog. And all these things that were kind of really gross. And they had a lot of this kind of surreal, outlandish... Manic energy. Manic energy, yeah, totally. And it's definitely... I definitely liked it a lot more than I liked those, and I wouldn't go back and watch those through choice. Whereas this... I'm not sure I'd go back and watch it, but I could, I could stand it. You yeah, know? I mean, I think to, for me there were... The animation at times was a bit shonky. Um, oh, I don't care about and, that. Only but, a nerd would care no, about that. But but I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's just that's just a thing that I noticed. I'm not saying that makes it unwatchable or anything like that. It's just it, it ties in this whole thing of everything like this seemed to be moving very quickly, even too quick for the animation. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can take that. Yeah. But I mean, the second episode we watched. I, I, one of the things I love is that. You've got Earthworm Jim and Peter cornered by Professor Monkey for a head and Psycho with giant neutron cannons. And so Jim says something like, there's only one way out of this. A big splashy musical number! And they go into this whole Busby Barkley like, yeah. musical number. And it's great! And I love stupid stuff like that. It was fantastic. I I love a music. I love an actual musical number. So I love the fact that they did that. I really enjoyed it. It th- made me think I would like to watch more superhero stuff because this is in that, that superhero genre even though it riffs on other things you know oh yeah it's got a real adam west batman vibe yeah it's got that kind of comic book vibe even though it's a video game but it's also got that kind of um detective or um like a dick tracy you know that peril yeah. kind of old-fashioned 40s vibe but yeah it's also got this total surrealism of just put a musical number in mm-hmm. i i enjoyed that I think it's fantastic. I mean, and this bit you get almost straight after this, where you get Professor Monkey for a head and Psycho defeated, decide to overthrow the Queen, and the way they do that is just to write a note and pass it to the narrator through the fourth wall and get yes. him to read. They quickly overthrew the Queen. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that bit 
before I had a chance to comment on it because I was going to say that it never was explained. But okay, yeah, <laughs> they just get the narrator to say it, which is a great, again, a great time-saving device. Yeah, it's in great. A very it's also a bit Mel Brooks, isn't it? Yeah, he does this this kind of thing where just taking liberties with the format, with you know narrators and the fourth wall, just kind just using those to do whatever you like, mm. and a- there's absolutely free reign. Yeah, so I, I was going to say, I didn't know what happened, but they overthrow the Queen. <laughs> so Queen Slug for a butt yeah. ends up in a trailer park. Yes. This was my favourite <laughs> thing that could have happened. Okay. Because she meets a woman who we find out is called Ethel, mm-hmm. who is fat, has terrible makeup. Hair permanently in rollers. Permanently in rollers, and a jumpsuit that I really, really want. <laughs> I think Ethel's supposed to be like the trashiest woman you can imagine. And yet I'm like, ooh, I would steal that outfit. Um, So yeah, she meets Ethel and she decides to go... She decides to call herself Lucy. Yes, yes, she does. Which is... Which is for the purposes of a joke, which I think confused you a little. It did a little bit, yeah. Up until the end. Did you get... You, it's a whole I love Lucy thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, that just hit me. I was like, I don't know I love Lucy well enough for that to exactly hit on point. From... I love Lucy is a massive institution in America, but it, it just isn't the same over here. And I don't think I've ever seen an episode. But I do know Lucy is married to Desi Arnaz, which there's reference to because Queen Slug for a butt marries a Cuban guy. <laughs> yes, for a Cuban band leader. A Cuban band leader, that's it. Oh my God. No, that's it because he comes in at... I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. But he comes in when they've all blasted off to space and he goes, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. And I think that was a line, wasn't it, in yes, I Love Lucy? Dear. Yes, dear. That is the classic, that's the other thing I was going to say is a classic line that everybody knows from I Love Lucy. But I was clear that you didn't know what was going on at that point <laughs> and felt hopelessly <laughs> confused by the whole thing. But this is the thing, right? I'm, <laughs> kids in the- me now didn't know I Love Lucy. As a child in 95-96, I definitely would have known I Love Lucy, but it's still entertaining. I think as a kid, if you didn't know it, it ju- you just wouldn't care. You just yeah. think this is more weirdness from the show that I like. Um, but yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it's a little joke in there for, you know, American adults would mm. have gone, oh yeah, I get that. It's a reference. It's all a reference. I mean, I, I, Ethel, I thought, was a great character. I love, there's a line she says... After um, Queen Slug for a Buck explains her, her story and says she's now just Miss Slug for a Buck, she's been deposed. Mm. She goes, Ethel goes, I don't usually trust hideous freaks from another world, but do you need a place to stay, Miss Slug for a Buck? <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Ethel is a legend. I love her. <laughs> Oh, my God. She, she stays the whole episode, which I thought was good, because I was worried she was just going to be in that one bit. Yeah, she's, no, she keeps getting right blown up. End. They have yeah. that recurring joke where everyone shoots like mad and no one hits anything except Ethel. I know, but she's kind of okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I really is. liked her. There's also there's some uh, worm tonight in this worm tonight. episode, which is kryptonite. Yes. So it has a similar repellent effect on Earthworm Jim, except... That uh, if it if he does he eat it or well, does he it, it, I think get he, too near it? I think he eats it, but it, they basically Peter says because Princess What's her name asks what it does, and, and Peter says, "Oh, we found it in the fridge." I think it used to be cheese. If Jim eats it, it has unexpected effects on him. 
So you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, you happen. don't know. Right, yes. So when it turns him into a bowl of candy corn, spoiler, it uh, does come as a surprise. Right, good, um, yeah. I was going to say, because if you employ a weapon that you know is going to temporarily turn the your opponent into candy corn, that's really a strange weapon. Yeah. Really, I mean, really odd. It's a strange weapon, but in the context of this show, that's a pretty standard weapon. Yeah, fair enough. That turns him into candy corn. They, they're talking about the worm tonight and they i think know that people are going to realize it's the same as kryptonite but i thought and i know this is dumb i thought initially it was a joke on chicken tonight (laughs) chicken tonight i feel like chicken tonight which was also big in my childhood but maybe not in america (laughs) no i think it's huge in america is it? There's a bit in The Simpsons where they, they reference it. Oh, okay. There's a bit where they, for some reason, they're all around and they start singing the Oscar, um, no, not the Oscar, the Armour Hot Dog song. And at the end of having like sung it, Lisa goes, doesn't this family know any songs that aren't commercials for food? And they all just in unison start singing the Chicken Tonight song. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so it could have been a riff on uh, Chicken Tonight. It wasn't, but it could have been. It could have been. It could have been. There you go. <laughs> There's... There was a little thing in this because basically they depose Queen Slug for a butt and then Princess What's-Her-Name comes to Jim and Peace Puppy and the uh, the rest of the League of Heroes, yeah, the League of Galactic Heroes... Yeah, they're all sitting around. Playing cards. And there's a character in there, we didn't hear his name, but um, he's Bob the Killer Goldfish. So he was great. He's I a great character. I, yeah, I wanted more of him. I could tell that he would be really fun. Um, but yeah, he's only got a couple of lines in this. Mm. So basically she's explaining that actually it's terrible that the Queen's been deposed because the Queen, although she was Queen, she was terribly ineffective and never invaded anything. Mm. But now that Psycho and Professor Monkey for her are in charge, they're actually going to start doing stuff. But there was a bit of that and it suddenly jumped out at me. It suddenly jumped out at me that basically Peter Puppy goes, you know, or Princess, uh, what's her name, says, oh, she had some good qualities. And Peter Puppy goes, what, she make the trains run on time? And I was like, is that a Mussolini joke? It absolutely is. But yeah. then I suddenly thought, actually, if you spotted Hitler in the first episode we watched, is there a weird fascist thing going on here? I don't think it was Hitler in the first episode. But yes, that is a Mussolini reference. Yeah. Um, because... I think Mussolini's kind of like a friendlier dictator. A friendlier dictator? I don't think you'd openly reference Hitler in a kid's cartoon. No, I don't think you but would. But Mussolini, you can kind of slip him in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wouldn't these days. Back in the 40s, you definitely would put Hitler in a kid's well, that's, cartoon. that's different. I'm yeah. talking about our, our lifetime. Yeah. I, I think a little Mussolini tra- trains running on time joke, that's just standard fare. I mean, that, that thing is, that's a, that's an old joke. That, like the whole trains running on time thing, Mussolini, that's an old thing. Because yeah, yeah, that yeah. appears in almost everything. But this this part really gets random. I, I was writing down lines that I was going to ask you what they mean. Because Peter Puppy says, where's my sandwiches? I don't ever remember him referencing sandwiches. Right. This is a is little callback. Is this a running to, on? No, this isn't. Oh, this okay. is a callback to something that happens about a minute before that. But again, this just goes to how much stuff is crammed into this. That basically when they Jim and Pete gets transformed into candy corn, he and Peter Puppy get captured. Princess, what's her name, flies away. And Peter Puppy yells after her, bring help and sandwiches. Right. I haven't eaten since lunch. Okay, so if you miss that, which is possible because the dialogue is going at 100 miles per hour, you will not get like four or five lines where they reference those sandwiches after that point. No. It is wildfire. (laughs) It is just 
bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I I also wrote down, behold how they flee like chickens. <laughs> no, I didn't. I missed that line altogether. That's a great line. <laughs> it is random. That's not a, that's not a phrase. This to me just seems like this script. Must have been tremendous fun to record. Like, you know who's voicing Earthworm Jim? It's one of the Simpsons guys. Dan Castle, the native, voices Homer and... Yeah, I can never uh, remember... Krusty and Chief Wiggum and loads of other people. It's Krusty and Chief Wiggum. Is okay. it Chief Wiggum he does? It's definitely Krusty he does. I can never remember which of the Simpsons guys is which. But I want to say he's the one who's in Friends working at the zoo that Ross speaks to at the end of one of the episodes. Really? That's a random reference wow. that you obviously don't get. No, I... See, this in my mind, there's... Speaks to Ross at the zoo guy. There's... <laughs> to Ross at the zoo guy. Oh, he's in Friends as Phoebe's Minsk science guy. Yeah, Hank Azaria. The hot one, yeah. And then there's, like, the in Spinal Tap guy. That's another one. Yeah, Harry Shearer. That's Harry Shearer. And I don't know if there are any others. <laughs> um, there's, there's Nancy Cartwright. There's a woman. I can Yearly tell the Smith. difference between those. Um. <laughs> Men, they all look the same. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I have to explain my very particular references that nobody else knows. But anyway. Yeah, it, the, the script is incredibly fun. And they've just they've thrown like three, four times the amount of jokes they need into every episode. It's, Absolutely. it's amazing. How do you guarantee you make some everyone laugh? You put in four times more jokes than you need. Yeah. Any any plot, any dialogue that's not a joke, take it out. But Just not a joke. Just print that shit out. You don't need that. You <laughs> don't need it. Yeah, it's great. Actually, I forgot my fir- my favourite joke. I have to tell you this now. It was from the first episode, and Jim smacks into a wall, and one of the other characters says, "Didn't your mama ever tell you to watch where you're going?" And Jim smooshed up against the wall, goes, "Mama didn't have no mouth." <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. <laughs> so that's my favourite joke. I loved her from Jim, even though I feel like I need to lie down after watching it. And I don't think I'm going to go back and watch the rest because it's so much. It's so much. Well, I feel that like you've already answered the question. Ask so, me the question. Okay, Liz, Earthworm Jim, how do you like me now? I liked it. I'm glad it exists. It's not for me. <laughs> It's not that I didn't laugh. It's that I was going, that's funny, that's funny. This is too much. <laughs> this is too much. Why, why are there so many characters? This is this is visual caffeine, this show. it's It was very overly stimulating. Small doses are yeah. advisable. But, but I absolutely think that you would put this on for a kid. Oh, definitely. Definitely the, you would. There are references that are like old hat, like I love Lucy and whatever. And I can't believe it's not butter at one point. And... Yep. Uh, and and definitely there are references they won't get, but they don't need to. Not every single reference is even for them. I no. think there are some like Easter eggs for the adults, you know. So I think a kid could watch this if they want to. I encourage them. If you like this kind of stuff, I encourage you. But I can't deal with it. <laughs> I need some peace and quiet. If you're a parent who's fed up of putting on Paw Patrol for your kids or watching Peppa Pig with them, consider putting on Earthworm Jim. They will thank you for it, and you'll have a better time. I think. One of the things we have to acknowledge on this podcast is we're always saying a kid would like this, a kid wouldn't like this. We don't have kids. No, we should we get don't a kid's know, perspective. We don't know anyone with kids. We don't spend any time with children. We don't know anything about kids. All of this is completely made up. 
We should definitely get some kids' reviews. I'm, some sa- I'm saying that because you're saying, oh, if your kids are always watching Paw Patrol, put this on instead. You don't know the first fucking thing about Paw Patrol. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. All I know about Paw Patrol is how irritated parents get watching Paw Patrol again and again and again. Well, all adults get irritated by having to watch the same thing over and over. If I kind of enjoyed watching two episodes of Earthworm Jim, but if I had to watch it every day for like multiple episodes, I would do my nutting. <laughs> I would be like, I would be climbing the walls, tearing my hair out, smashing stuff up in the kitchen, then opening the door and going, yes dear, everything's all right, Bubby's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so I totally understand. I don't think that parents get bored of watching stuff because it's terrible. I think they get frustrated with having to watch the same thing all the time because kids latch onto one show and then want a lot of the same thing. Yeah, I think you're My right. mum won't watch Cinderella because I watched it so much as a kid, <laughs> but I don't even remember it as well as she does. No, and that's that I think is the thing that hurts probably most when you're a parent. When suddenly you're trying to talk to your kids when they're growing up about a thing that they loved and they can't remember it, and you're like, I had to watch that thing day in, day out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it helps. You know, there are shows that are better that adults enjoy more than others, but you. If you're a parent, I think that's just one of the things. You can't choose what they're going to like, and if they want to watch it over and over, you just got to go along with it. Just put that grind in. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, there we are. Liz, thank you so much for joining me and watching Earthworm Jim. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please drop us a rating and a review on iTunes, and we'll be back soon for another episode. This is a Standard Nerds podcast.